0: Let's get ready to rumble!
1: Welcome to Netflix vs. Cinema, the podcast that this week is wondering whether we can sue for theft of intellectual property after the news that there's going to be, well there was a drive-in concert happening somewhere in Denmark and that this summer in London there are going to be drive-in cinemas! My name oh. is yes. My name is Tosin, and I am your indignant, indignant host in Coventry in the Midlands. And joining me on the Isle of Wights, who I hope is indi- equally indignant because it was originally her idea, is Sharon. I'm here. <laughs> joining me in Bournemouth is Sean. Hiya. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, what do you guys think about this? Like, okay, we talk about this thing like what two two weeks ago. We come up with this idea. Sharon says. Socially distant cinema, drive in cinemas. And then all of a sudden this thing pops up in Denmark and they're having s a, a drive in concert. And and Superfan Nina, who I interviewed recently and is going to be on the show in a couple of weeks, Superfan Nina sent me a, a link on Facebook today to say that oh look, they're doing it because there was an event saying Drive In Cinema in London twenty twenty. And I
2: and I think I've read somewhere that there's been one in there's going to be one in Glasgow. A uh, drive-in cinema up
1: north. Now, now, up in north. On
2: Scotland.
1: Yeah. Yeah, Now I know that we should be happy because, hey, all cinema is good cinema, right? Having, having cinema so not for this, but at the same That's
3: time.
1: my idea. Yeah. I would just like a little bit of, a little bit, a little bit of recognition, a little bit of just sort of like, you know, somebody saying, well done. Here, have 1% of the ticket, of the ticket gates. I mean, come on. <laughs> is that? Really, seriously, is that too much to ask for? Is it too much to ask for? Tell 4% of the ticket game, but no, apparently not. Anyway, besides being indignant about ideas being stolen by other people who probably just had the same idea, (laughs) how are you guys doing? Yeah, good, 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 real good. all right?
0: Yeah,
1: Uh, yeah, I'm good. (laughs) Okay, okay, that was it, that's it. Good. (laughs) And Sharon, how are things going with the contact tracing app? You've had another week to play with it.
2: Yes, I've had it on all my phone all week and I've been out once with it and I haven't had any pings back. So I'm assuming I haven't been in contact with anyone who's who's been diagnosed with COVID-19. So yeah, it's very painless. You literally... Just have your phone with you, which is a bigger thing for me. Is to remember to carry my phone with me.
1: Oh yeah. <laughs>
2: but, yeah. I've not had. Uh, if, I'm not uh, aware of anyone who's had problems with it. Only people who've got older phones have having issues. It, it doesn't work on Huawei phones, and <laughs> I'm aware that if you've got a pre 2016 phone, you may have issues. So basically, there's a proportion of people who just can't use it or get it because the technology is too new for their phones to support
1: it yep so sharon can you tell us what is actually holding up your phone this week what is your what are you using as a tripod
2: um bear,
1: <laughs> bear. is it is it still charity
2: <laughs> yeah
1: it's still charity all
2: right can I, I can show you if you like just to prove i'm yeah you yeah. can just see the top of a foot
1: look. I, I can just about see a top of a foot yes because i know we yeah, did i was just a- we we did that we did that last week. We put up a video on the we put a video on our on our WhatsApp page of showing us exactly how low-fi this podcast is. Yeah, <laughs> we use bears as tripods and all that. So
2: I tried a different bear, but um, they're a bit too slidey. It kept my phone kept <laughs> falling off, so I had to um, I had to stick with charity.
1: Of oh, course, cool. so charity
2: Rupert yeah, was, was just too slippery by far. <laughs>
1: so charity is our new uh or it's the newest member of our team charity is yeah. sharon's tripod to keep her keep the phone steady while we do this zoom call right now we usually for netflix or the cinema what we usually do as the name implies is we watch a couple of things in the cinema watch a couple of things in netflix and then we rate them and we say where have we had a better time this this week But ever since cinemas have gone away, we've changed our structure slightly. So to begin with, we're going to talk about what we've been watching, try and see whether we can give a little bit of a review of what we've been watching on TV and Netflix and and associated streaming sites. And then in the middle, we're going to have an interview, which is all about cinema. And after that, we'll discuss that and we'll talk about that and maybe even answer one of the questions ourselves. So. First up, what have you guys been watching?
0: Uh, Well, I haven't really been watching too much in the way of movies, to be honest. Uh, okay. But I have spent I have spent terrific amounts of time on YouTube, watching <laughs> favourite clips, and I found like this this really good uh, website where like spaghetti western music and the guys done lots of not just spaghetti western music, Morricone, Japanese stuff. Just it's just like a rabbit hole, you know. Once you start going down there, yeah. And I've been watching I've been watching some travel vlogs they call them vlogs when they're on youtube yeah yeah vloggers vloggers yeah so i've been watching a bit of that and i've been watching old angela mayo kung fu clips you know what i mean like yeah so basically i've not really watched oh oh, spaghetti western clip and like i said to you i've been on facebook and i've been on um
1: the westerns forever i'm
0: on the westerns forever and i just spend so much time on them. conversation with people i spend loads of time it's like and I put up this real controversial one. Did I tell you about oh, the Wild Bunch remake?
1: Yeah, but you were, who would you cast in the Wild Bunch?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who would you cast some, in the, remake of the Wild Bunch? And they were saying, some people were saying, how can you say that? Oh, this is just a... Uh, and it's all going on. And then and I put on about, like, does Anthony Quinn make a good cowboy? And that's like at about 90, well, 190-odd comments. <laughs> yeah, of course he does. Blah, blah, blah. Did you see him in this? Did you see him in that? So I've been spending quite a considerable amount of the... I've, I oh. can invite you, Sharon, if you want to see the page. I no, I,
2: you... you asked me. I'm going, I've just written it down on my notebook. Right. You did ask uh, me to, to look at a, one of your posts, and I could not remember for the life of me the name of the page. Well, there's,
0: there's, so, quite, a few, there's quite a few posts on there now. So, because um,
2: I have so like, uh, yes. it written you know, in like, my little notebook.
0: Especially, uh, oh, yeah. they don't make them like they used to. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's one vote there, so there's obviously a lot. So, for me... I mean, being it's only recently, since this lockdown thing, I've concentrated more on social media. For me, the the groups are brilliant. There's like strange films, films of the 70s film, and it's just like, wow, I found this bit. And someone said, oh, can anybody recommend a film with Roddy McDowell? And I'm like, wow, there was this 1967 film called It, which is where he like got this creature called a golem and all that, and it's like, oh, wow, do you know what I mean? And so I'm getting all this, and you, I put up posts, and it's like, Whoa! I've got to see this one. So, Whoa, so, just...
1: so, essentially, what you say is that Sean has decided to stop watching things, but instead, just go and start. You've started to just start fights on online forums about, about <laughs> movies. Uh, well, on I was on thinking the Warren Oak...
2: become a film agony aunt. Uh, the,
1: uh, apparently,
0: you get badges. Yeah, yeah so you get like you get like rising star, uh, star yeah. and got, so on. The Warren Oates one. I'm a storyteller now. Apparently, so. Oh and, wow! And also. And also, what's really, really nice is I've actually been going through... You know, like I've had all those old Western film stills? Yeah. I've been posting them, so I've been taking photos of them and I've been posting them. Of
1: all them, the, the posters in your childhood bedroom. bedroom?
0: And what... Yeah, so... And I found... I told you the other week, and I found, like, the old press books from The Good to Bad. Yeah, yeah, you
1: said, the, you said. Yeah, all
0: that. So I posted some of them on, and so I'm putting on lots of posts and getting lots of people interested. and And it's nice to have... You know, films you're
1: interested in. So, yeah. Good stuff. And, Sharon, what um, have you been watching?
2: Not a lot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but the thing is, you said that you're. funny. Your... It funny. We
0: got plenty of
1: time and yet we don't watch stuff <laughs> well, well i think okay because i was speaking to superfan nina as i was uh, and i was speaking to her and she was saying oh i don't like the fact that you guys she finds it she finds it very 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 weird i think you guys will actually like her interview which is coming up in a couple of weeks it's quite funny and she finds it very weird that we've all just went like yeah cinema went away and we just stopped watching stuff she's like what really?" <laughs> <laughs> she first she was like i'm the opposite i'm watching like loads of loads more stuff but um i know that you were saying that you were watching the was it the the first game the oldest game the longest game
2: yes i watched the first game we watched all of that because okay. we're um I've, we've now got the hat instead of being a crowded house where my two brothers were living here um with us me and my mum yeah and um, now it's two of us and so instead of know one room the television one room being occupied by a brother and then the other room being occupied by someone else and then i sort of cleared off and would watch a film somewhere because it's just a two month being my mum. i'm obviously keeping her company of an evening so we've tended to look for things that we can watch together so if it's got like a a u or a pg rating apart from if it's like chuck norris which is my mum's a bit of a fan of (laughs) then we'll watch that but we've tended to—I've tended to look for things that are family-friendly that we can watch together. So we have—we watched the first game because it was obviously a, a drama about. It wasn't just about um, the football. early sort of FA football matches. It was about the social history around it, about how it basically elevated was a sport for gentlemen and became more of a working man's sport yeah and it was an opportunity for working men to actually better themselves and their communities yeah so it was more about the social history rather than just people kicking a ball about it so we watched that the whole of that series and then we went looking for something else to watch and we watched a couple of films um we watched the wish man on netflix and i'm trying to think there was another one we watched that's
1: gone well okay but uh, so but, okay the the I'm, I'm, I'm not even sure of that title was it the first game or something like that I, I cannot remember what the title of that show was about the earliest um football i think
2: it's called the first game
1: all right and what, what would you say if you were going to give that a rating what would you what would you give it
2: i personally would give it a four. oh really yeah because we both watched it the english game six episodes the english English game it's called
1: the english game that's it yeah
2: that's it the english game yeah i would give it a four because we might we both watched it we watched it over three nights we watched two episodes at a time over in the course of a week we took a night and we said okay what should we watch tonight and then we watched two episodes of that and yeah we both enjoyed it we enjoyed the fact that it wasn't just about Every, every week, it wasn't just building up to a big game at the end. Yeah, it was about the lives of the players and the social interactions. So, yeah, we both we enjoyed it, and we were, neither of us could be described by any stretch of the imagination as
1: football, football fans. fans
2: or as, as sports fans of any kind. We've lived. My dad was a sports fan. Anything in sporting, he would watch. So, a Saturday, you know, we never enter. I never. I was never allowed to enter the room because it was like. <laughs> Uh, match of the day or sports day or grandstand or whatever was on the world of sport that was from when it started to yeah. when it ended we weren't allowed in the room <laughs> he had his lunch in the room he was we didn't disturb him so I've always regarded sport as being a little bit distant and it's something that you know I, um there's not for the likes of me
1: <laughs> oh.
2: uh, so but we both enjoyed this this English game drama.
1: We did very much. Okay, something you've just said reminded me of something we were speaking about a couple of weeks ago, and this this is movie titles. So, you a couple of weeks ago, you said that you watched a film called um, Time Trap, and Time I Trap, and yeah. I said that that sounds like a made for TV Saturday afternoon Channel Five movie, and based on the title, oh, I, I wouldn't watch it. And linking to what Sean was talking about and talking about like old old films and all that. And I think I actually think that titles of films is something that has gotten worse as time has gone along. Because <laughs> in, in, this, in, the, in this last week, there was a film on, a, you know, obviously there's a Paramount Network and I was, I was just sort of going through and there was, a, you know, when you're going through your TV guide, your digital TV guide, and I just sort of saw a title and I was like, ooh, ooh. And the title immediately, I saw this title and it was Seven Men From Now. And I was just kind of like, now that's a title that's a title that that's makes you movie. that's a title that makes you start thinking makes you go what about Seven Men From Now what's gonna happen and, and this was a, it was made in the 50s I think it was a 59 movie with an actor called oh, right Ra-
2: it was a, sir?
1: did you say
2: it's Lee Marvin was in
1: it as well it, Lee Marvin was in it it was a western Lee Marvin was in it and, and based on the title alone of this film I was like I'm watching this and I watched it the film well, it was a bit mid, it was a bit sort of like middle of the road Lee Marvin is on scenery chew- chewing form I, <laughs> I guess that it's probably... I don't know exactly what point in his career it came in uh, because I don't know that much about Lee Marvin's career, so to say. But it's... Um, but uh, I was just kind of like... It just seems like it was like a run-of-the-mill Western. But at the same time, I was like, man... Did you say,
2: did you say Randolph Scott was the lead?
1: Randolph Scott was the lead, yes. and it, Yeah, uh, I
2: think his early career, Lee Marvin did a lot of, like, rent stuff. He was one of the, the background baddies. As the sort of stock characters, that's what he was... Drafted into it, it was only when he sort of went grey and became a bit more grizzled that he actually started coming into his own in the sixties.
1: Yeah, I, I think this this was... He was
2: around films for a lot longer.
1: Yeah, I think I think this and, was. Spoiler alert. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what?
0: He was the man, wasn't he? He was the man who shot. He was the man who shot Liberty.
1: Oh, Valence. <laughs> okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Because I, I was, you was the man who shot. I was like, uh, shot who? JFK. I did. They are no. I was like, no, no. No, no, no. But I, did, I didn't really know, um, and um, but yeah, I, I was just, I was, it just got me thinking because you said something like you know the Wish Man or something like that just now, and I was thought, oh, that's another bad title, yeah. and it just made me thinking.
2: Yeah, you know exactly what it's about. It's like, okay, did you got wishes by any chance? It's like, yeah. So.
1: But seven men from now, I was like, kick ass title, yeah. kick ass title. Uh, Sean, you're not echoing anymore, so I think I think we're good where you are. So you don't feel you need to keep quiet.
0: Yeah. Okay. Oh well, yeah. that's all right then. <laughs>
1: yes. that's
0: all right because we did have a bit of a delay, didn't we?
1: Yeah, we had a bit of a delay, so, but it, it looks like it looks okay. like we sorted that out now. So yeah, Sean, don't feel like you need yeah, to keep Lee. quiet.
0: Okay, I won't. Okay, yeah, just well, back to Lee Marvin then. He's like one of my top top boys. He is. So he goes up. He goes up there. He's he, he's really high. I mean, I loved him in a film called uh, Point Blank. Oh, yeah, Grant, yeah, yeah, yeah. That,
1: that is that is the Lee Marvin movie.
0: <laughs> that is, yeah. And and another one called Prime Cut, uh, which, which we starred in with Gene Hackman. And, I mean, those two films were sort of, yeah. And then, you, you know, you think of the other stuff he's in, that's that's when I noticed him more from some of his back catalogue. You know, I thought, oh, yeah, he's that. That's... He's, so, that also, guy. He's, in he's that guy. He's that guy. Bad Day at Black Rock, which is a terrific movie. I'm sure Sharon's seen that, haven't you? Yeah,
2: yeah he a lot of those early
0: westerns I've seen. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Is it, have you seen Bad Day at Black Rock with Spencer Tracy? Where yes, I
2: have.
0: Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. It's cool. Yeah, it's a good one. Lee Marvin, nice, nice. He's good, and yeah. he's been in a few good westerns as well. So. You see, he you pops up quite a lot on one of these these pages, mm, one yeah. of these groups. He's yeah.
1: always popping it. Oh, you know what? You know, uh, Sean, I might come join your Westerns Forever group, and I might just come and throw like a bomb and then leave. And that bomb, (laughs) yeah, yeah, that would be that be cool. Uh, 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 And the bomb I would throw would be like I think Lee Lee Marvin's my first ever um, experience of Lee Marvin is my favorite ever, and I think he was never better than my first experience of Lee Marvin, and that was Paint Your Wagon. So. <laughs> no, I love Paint Your <laughs> okay, so I talk to the trees but they don't listen. Okay, Clint so, so. That, one. No, that was Eastwood, wasn't it? He yeah. did wander into yeah, Okay, so so oh, if what? if if you're listening to this and you do not know what Painter Waggot is and we're talking about Lee Marvin and all that, so this is like Lee Marvin was a hard man actor. People knew him as a hard man actor. And this is a film that stars it's a Western that stars Clint Eastwood and Lee Marvin and they even have an episode of The Simpsons that makes a joke about it the way they go they go to the video store because this was when The Simpsons Simpsons has been on for so long that it's gone through VHS through to DVD (laughs) through to streaming it's it's just straddled all of them so you can find uh, they go to the video store and Homer's trying to pick a film to watch and he's like Paint Your Wagon, Lee Marvin, Clint Eastwood. And he's like, Lee Marvin, he's always annoyed at something. There's bound to be somebody getting shot in this film. And he takes it home and it, <laughs> it turns out that Paint Your Wagon is a musical, it's a Western musical. So it's like seeing a hard man actor. Like imagine if you had, probably nowadays, imagine if you had a film where you had Jason Statham and you took it home and you're expecting to see somebody getting punched and lots of people getting shot. And instead, they start going and going, Paint Your Wagon. Da, 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 da. And so, Hand me yeah.
2: down those I'm throwing them away. Yeah, that's,
1: <laughs> yeah <we> know the... <laughs> and, and I think a lot of, sort of Western fans and Lee Marvin fans think it's absolutely sacrilege to bring up Paint Your Wagon. So I think I'll come onto Westerns Forever, say Lee Marvin's best performance ever was Paint Your Wagon, and then just just leave. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be <laughs> yeah, that be, be cool. That'd be cool. That'd just be leave cool. and see the apocalypse of so descend upon the group. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, for some people, that probably is the only film they know him from. <laughs>
1: It was the first one I knew him from, but, and it wasn't, but but I didn't realize it was him. It wasn't until later when I found out that, was, that Lee Marvin was a thing. And then I went back and I was like, oh, oh, he was the guy in Painter Wagon. <laughs> and, yes. it's, it's, and he was the guy in like Dirty
2: Dozen. Yeah, he was yeah. a Dirty Dozen guy. Wow, yeah.
1: He was versatile. He was versatile. So, okay. okay. Um, I was, so we're talking about reviews of things that we've been watching. So last week, we had Yatish on the show. So Yatish, who who came on, he's we had a fun game trying to figure out what he looks like. I will tell you, <laughs> Sean. I will tell you what Yatish says about what you, what the both of you said about what he, what, <laughs> yeah. what his thoughts were about what he thinks about what the both of you said that he looks like. <laughs> but, but but um, quiet quiet speaker. But he he has continued the um, education of his children in all things pop culture this week, and he sent me a still of a film. That they were watching, which was Keanu Reeves and Alex Winter in Bill and Ted's Excellent, yeah, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. So he he showed it to them this week, and asked him to share me to send me a recording of their verdict. So we have the youngest ever reviewers that we have ever had on this show, telling us now what they think about what I I don't think it's I don't think it's too far to say is a modern classic, which is Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. So you're going to hear Tane, who I okay. Uh, I believe Tane is nine, and I think Ira is six. I should have got that right. They're the same ages as my actual blood niece and nephew. But anyway, Tane, Ira, if I got your ages wrong, Uncle Tosin is sorry. But this is what you... First of all, we'll hear Tane, then we'll hear Ira. And this is their verdict on Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure.
3: Um, I like the film because it was really funny when the guy got sent to help them with their homework, and he, the wise people were like, Hey, dude. And... And then I like, I want to go to the future. I like the film because um, when they went in the shop, uh, they were just going in random places and it was really funny. <laughs> and so
1: that Aww. is, yeah, that is their review of, of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. Apparently they laughed and, all the way it- through.
0: And a good review that was too. Well done, you guys.
1: Well <laughs> that's done. Really
2: funny, that's good enough for us.
1: <laughs> well done, Danny. Well done, Ira. You have impressed Uncle. was Uncle Sean and Auntie Sharon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. So, so uh, with what Yatish thought, you guys thought about the way he looked. He thought it was quite funny because I sent it to I sent it through to him, and he was, uh, and he just sent me back. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, first of all, he says. By the way, can you tell your friend Sean Scorpion is good? So you were talking about your favorite ever Star Trek episode was the Voyager one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Part Scorpion. Okay. Oh, he says. He says Scorpion is good in terms of dabbling with the dark side. D- Deep Space Nine in the Pale of the Moonlight is pretty awesome. So apparently there's an episode called In the Pale of Moonlight in Deep Space Nine. Uh, he, his recommendation to you, and then after that he just says, "Dude, Fifty cents? <laughs> which was, which was Sharon's call for what he, what she reckoned he looked like, what she reckoned he had to look like, and, and then he says, he, he follows himself by saying, oh dear, he follows by saying, tall, muscly, with thinning hair. Your other pal reckons I look like Vin Diesel. <laughs> So so he says that like he's, he's gonna have to post a photo of himself in a suit or something now to really blow your minds. So Yatish we're waiting for <laughs> Yatosh, we're waiting for that. We're waiting for a picture of you to show us what it is that you look like. Uh but i, I Does like... he have
0: an idea of us? Oh I suppose. Does he have an idea of us?
1: Uh ooh, I don't know. He hasn't said anything. I don't think he's gone onto okay. the web I don't think he's gone onto the Facebook page, so he shouldn't know what you guys look like. I'll ask him. I'll ask him and see where, what what he records you guys look like. I'll see, I see what he records you guys look like. All right. Now, um, with that... We I don't just... actually
2: know what he looks like, though. Is he <laughs> is he fair? Is he dark? Is he tall,
1: short? I will send you a picture. Oh, okay. <laughs> I will send you guys a picture of what Yatish looks like now, because I, well, I have a when we're younger. All right, cool. So just quickly, to finish off this section of the show, I'm just going to say... Um, other things that I've been watching, I finally got around to watching Phantom Thread, which is, oh, okay.
2: Daniel
1: yeah, finally got wa- around to watching Phantom Thread, which is like, you know, the oh, supposedly Daniel Day-Lewis's final thing that he's ever, that we're ever going to see him in on screen because I know everybody, well, there was a whole hoopla about it. I saw it and I know that when it came on, I think it, one of you re- reviewed it on one of the shows that we're on. Good on
2: about,
1: Sean, yeah, yeah? That, was, that would have been me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, I, and um when I said Phantom Fred, you you both kind of went ooh. So, <laughs> so um just a quick thing about why I thought about it. I thought I I quite liked it. It's a bit kind of like it's a slow film. It's one of those slow measured films where it's not about much happening and it really isn't about much happening. There isn't real any there isn't real any great crisis of, oh, my God, we've got to do this. We've got to get the dress ready for the queen. (laughs) Nothing like that, Mm -hmm. because I don't I don't think that's not what Paul Thomas Anderson's about. And it's not what Daniel Day Lewis is about whatsoever. But it's but one of the things I loved about the film is how it took it takes you a while to figure out what period this film is set in. Because the film starts off and they don't try and signpost it, they don't try and say London, 1962, yeah. anything like that. It just carries on, carries on, and you just watch. And it could be a contemporary story. And then after then, there's a, there was one bit where they have um, they have an interview, and someone is videoing this interview for the news or something. And it, and all of a sudden, I was like, what? What's that camera doing there? This this must be like the 50s or. Or or something. <laughs> it's, like, it's like it must be the fifties or the sixties. That that camera says. But up until that point, it didn't make a big deal about the fact that it was a period movie. And I thought yeah. obviously the performances were good. Daniel Day-Lewis, Leslie Manville, Vicky Cripps. It's pretty much a three three-hander between the three of them. And it's it. I think it's. I think I read somewhere that it's like Daniel Day-Lewis was an obsessive actor who plays obsession really really well like he plays and the whole idea is that this character is obsessed with whatever it is that he's doing and he's ordered his whole life everybody who's around him has to be about him creating his art even to the point of like if when he's having breakfast it's like you're scraping your toast too loud (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and and it's and it's it's essentially it's uh, the story becomes something about what happens when somebody who is that who is if you've ever seen the big bang theory he's a bit like sheldon in that everything around him is designed for him to have for for his benefits what happens when somebody comes in and refuses to sort of like toe the line but he kind of feels attracted to this person feels like he needs this person and it becomes this tale of almost like Two obsessive people finding each other and how they come up with this so it's really interesting i'll give it a four out of five uh, because it's a kind of film that i think some people would be like oh my god it's amazing Some people would be like what the heck was going on i (laughs) I think
0: i think i probably gave it a four actually myself if i remember
1: yeah yeah but yeah i I can't remember it was was quite a while back but it was one of those films that you know you have down and now they had you have a lockdown i actually started making my way through my netflix list and I was like, "Oh yeah, Phantom Thread. I've got that on the, of my Netflix list for for ages. I should watch that. I really, really should watch that and go around to it." And other things. Oh, and you know, last week showed the the you, you, when you were talking about your mum and you were talking about who your mum yeah. fancied when she was uh, like yeah. when she was younger, whether it was a Cary Grant or a Gary Cooper. And you said Rock Hudson. Rock Hudson was the first name you said, and I had to <laughs> I had to bite my tongue so hard because by that time we were already going like we were already rambling way off topic um before before i said something before i said something that would set us off on another half hour rabbit rabbit trail i was like no no because i've been watching a tv show on netflix called hollywood
2: oh, i've seen the thumbnail for that but i haven't looked at it any further
1: yeah it's it's called hollywood it's, it's by ryan murphy the guy who made glee and the guy who made the politician
2: american horror story
1: american horror story all that he's he's pretty much like you know um a, a giant when it comes american crime story as well he, he's pretty much done when it comes to American TV. And he's done this show called Hollywood. And Rock Hudson plays a massive part in it. Rock Hudson is actually a massive character in this show. And it's it's kind of like, it starts off, in that it's like you know the post-war period in hollywood and all these people come to hollywood and they're trying to make it and there's like you know uh, there's a black actress who's trying to go forward because she can't do anything and there's like a gay black guy who's written a film that everybody loves until they find out that he's he's a black guy who wrote who wrote it and there's a there's a half filipino director who's trying to sort of like that who's trying to make his way in. and it's it's all about all these people getting together at this time in hollywood in the 50s and trying to move things forward so some of the period detail is amazing because it's ryan murphy he has this sort of like almost storybook color palettes and every but when you said rock hudson i was like oh my god because it's all about rock hudson arriving and his name being changed from um from was it ray fitzgerald no roy fitzgerald to to rock hudson it has with again how these things all link up you know we're talking about big bang theory um, yeah the guy who jim parsons who plays sheldon plays uh, a guy called harry wilson who was rock hudson's agent and was a real big. He was. He was essentially the Harvey Weinstein of his day in pretty much every sense. Wow. <laughs> in pretty much every sense. That, uh, if you go into his Wikipedia page, it says Harry Wilson was almost single-handedly responsible for starting off the beefcake craze of the 1950s, where he had all these people who were kind of like, oh, yeah. So I've, I haven't finished watching it. I've started watching Hollywood, but I think, Sean, I think you might be interested in it. I, if, I sound,
0: sounds intriguing, actually. I could do watching that. Yeah,
1: because, because, because being Ryan Murphy, I think Ryan Murphy's gay. I'm not sure. But he has this whole thing where yes, he... Yes, he is. Yeah, he, yeah. Yeah, because I mean, just looking at the shows he's made and the sort of the sort of themes he seems to keep coming back to, I'd be really surprised if he wasn't. And it's <laughs> and he with this, it's it's kind of like it's like a fantasy saying wanting to say this was a period in Hollywood that this kind of stuff happened. People had to hide the fact that they were gay. People had to sort of like you know if the if you were anything other than a white male, like there's a in the first episode there's an actress called Anna Mae Wong and what happens to her is actually heartbreaking like the way they put it i don't know whether she was a real person but the way what happens to her is really really heartbreaking and um she is a she is she's a southeast asian actress and so it's kind of like a fantasy saying almost a saying this is what i wish would have happened at this time these are the people who i wish would have had an opportunity at this time so you can see even from episode 3 that this is a fantasy but it's it's quite yeah. it's quite an evolving one a bit like once upon a time in hollywood Ah, cool, cool. Oh, okay. Yeah, so Hollywood, I, I'm enjoying it so far. I would recommend that.
2: Yeah, Ryan Murphy did a thing when at the end of the run of Glee called the Glee Project, yep. which was like a reality TV thing where you had all these young people came and they auditioned, yeah. and then they would do for all the producers and all the people involved in Glee, the choreographers and the people who write the songs, um, and obviously then they chose the, the who ultimately would get a part in Glee, and throughout that he would. They would explore different aspects of, of Hollywood, and um, part of it was sort of sexuality. Where one of the themed weeks was their like sexuality week.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's it,
2: it's a uh, it's um, a... Um, it, was, I, it was very it was very engrossing. I don't really like reality television apart from the Strictly Come Dancing, uh, but yeah, that was um, quite interesting actually to see how they
1: how, how they... the machine works. Yeah, yeah. Or well, speaking about reality TV that we don't, I've I've started getting sucked into a, a program called Botched. On the e Entertainment Network. Now, the e Inter- <laughs> the e Entertainment Network is a is a channel that I think nothing good can come out of. <laughs> 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 uh, I, and I'm sorry, I'm sorry if I am if that is massively biased and massively prejudiced. But I just really think nothing good can come out of the E! Entertainment Network. But does the- that have
0: does that have like Extreme A and E on? Is that this that the same it, thing that has Extreme A and E that my daughter my daughter was on? It, she was St Mary's. Oh yeah, she was on that. She was on Extreme A and E. She had a, she had a um, stomach stud thing that had gone bad. You know, like in a belly.
1: Oh, like, like got affected or something.
0: So, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, I watched it. I tell you, whoa, it was, uh I mean, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you see, you know, sure, that, i, I do not to yeah, say nothing. You, but you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about mouth. I was like, whoa. What are you,
1: what
0: are you? Yeah. So, but look pretty painful because she's a bit wussy
1: so okay so it's it's ellie right
0: ellie yeah, yeah it's yeah. on that program extreme a e It's
1: extreme okay so you've just broadcasted out to the whole world that your, that your daughter was on an episode oh, of extreme no. oh,
0: well. <laughs> I, I don't expect you can find it anyway i don't
1: expect well, it, oh, well you know the internet will find it sean the internet will find it <laughs> and, <laughs> okay uh, no but but the 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 thing i've always wondered about that is when people show up they have to sign a release to say i'm okay for i'm okay to be in this i'm okay for, i'm okay for you to use my image in this thing did she get paid for it i don't
0: know i don't know i don't
1: know <laughs> actually to be honest oh no oh, oh, because i'm really interested to find out about that when they do these shows like this because this show botched it's all about people who have gone and had plastic surgery and it's gone wrong and they go see, oh, and they go see these two uh, these two doctors in L.A. who um, who fix whatever it is that has been done with them. So that's, it's it's like they fix what fix the job that's been botched. And i of us I was like, oh for goodness, this is one of those stupid reality TV things where it's like you know it's all about gawking at people and like the the more horrific the person the pr- the better. And but the guys are actually like proper doctors and they actually have some sort of ethics. And I I found myself getting drawn in into their whole. Process of how they go about choosing who they're going to operate on and who they're not. So now I'm looking at it going. I still firmly believe in my soul that nothing good can come out of the E network. <laughs> <laughs> nothing good. Come, but this show, uh, I, if I start watching an episode, I will stay to then. I'll be like, oh wow, oh that was actually quite good. And then they'll say next week on Butch we have a woman who has a big bum and wants it to be even bigger. And I'll be like, oh for goodness sake, this is rubbish. Oh. Nothing good <laughs> about the E network. <laughs> But I still feel like if I watched that episode, I would watch it all the way to the end. So, well done, the makers of Botched. You have managed to make a show that 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 I watch in spite of myself. <laughs> but, all right, cool. Shall we get on to the cinema section of the show? Where we talk? Yeah, Yes. So, this week, we had an interview. So, what we do in this section of that is that we have an interview with somebody and we ask them four questions. Tell us the story of the first film you ever saw at cinema. The last film you caught on, at cinemas before the lockdown what is it that you love about going to the cinema and what are you most looking forward to when cinemas reopen? And one of the, what I love about this series, I'm actually really, really loving interviewing people is like just finding all these sort of cinephiles who come out of the woodwork. Like I think Sandy, it was because I put up a link to one of our one of our previous podcasts. I think it was two episodes ago. I think it was the episode we had Holly on. And Sandy so sort of said, Oh, do I, need, do I need Spotify to listen to this? Because the link I share on Facebook is Spotify because I figure most people might have Spotify. And I was like, No, you can find it on any other podcast place. And I was like, Oh, you want to come on the show? And she was like, Oh, well, what, what, what do I have to talk about? I'm not sure I have anything to say almost everybody that we speak to says i'm not sure i have anything to say and then i interview them and then (laughs) and then 40 minutes later it's like oh yeah by the way i haven't told you about this yet so 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 what we're going to hear now is sandy and we're going to hear sandy telling us a little bit about these um these questions and this is what sandy had to say hello sandy how are we
3: hello good thank you how
1: are you i am doing very well doing very well welcome to the netflix versus pod... netflix versus cinema podcast interview
3: quite a mouthful
1: <laughs> it is i get it wrong every week i'm like welcome to the podcast welcome to the podcast versus no the netflix versus oh no 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 it's something netflix versus cinema podcast because cinema hasn't been around for a while i keep i've begun to forget what it looks like so
3: you should uh you should do one of those like say this you know, Peter
1: Piper picked a peck you know that one. Oh yeah, yeah, that one. No one those... ever gets one. Peter Piper Pick a peck of pepper. pepper. You yes, say I can do that. Exactly. That's easy. Say Netflix versus cinema podcast interview. It's kind of hard. I don't. I don't. get why it doesn't. It doesn't make any sense. But it is there. There you go. How are you? Never you...
3: got lines wrong. You never used to get lines wrong.
1: Oh no no you always no! Always knew
3: your lines. Uh,
1: I I just flubbed it. I just made it look as if I knew what I was doing.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you just embodied the character.
1: Yeah, just the, yeah, just going. People are like, is that the line? I think it is. He, he seems confident. Oh yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> exactly, <laughs> exactly.
1: All right now. Um, I know that you're busy. I know you're a busy woman, and so I don't want to take too much of your time. I just want to say thank you so much for j- joining us and coming on for. To talk to talk cinema with us, even though there is no cinema, as we said uh, on the show, what we've decided to do is we've decided that, well, Netflix is a cinema. Netflix has pretty much won the rest of twenty twenty. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Netflix has won that has won twenty twenty, or Netflix and friends. Netflix and other viewing platforms have won twenty twenty. So we decided mm-hmm. we'll we'll come down and we'll gather around cinema like a sort of like a fallen like a fallen fighter on a battlefield, and we'll just sort of like you know talk about what, what we love about it and everything and in preparation for this you sent me quite a long message to explain your background that if it's okay with you i'm going to summarize as i love film
3: great perfect
1: <laughs> so th- so do you want to tell us a little bit about it tell us a little bit about you and your background with film and your love affair with it and all that
3: um okay briefly um so um I've always loved stories, grew up reading books and all the rest of it. Um, and I'll answer your other questions later, which will explain some of that as well. But yeah. um, I, then, I then studied for an MA in film at Westminster and taught A-level film um, for several years uh, here in the UK, in London, uh, in Greenford. Uh, which I thought was green until I arrived in it, but um, <laughs> that's a that's a problem with reading Harry Potter and then expecting British schools to all look a particular way.
1: So I just want to t- just want to tell anyone who's listening where where you hail from.
3: I hail from South Africa.
1: Okay, all right. Twenty cool. years
3: ago. Can you believe it?
1: Uh, it's crazy when uh, it sneaks up on you like that, isn't it?
3: It is, yeah. So, uh, yeah, so I taught film for several years, loved teaching film, um, the A-level class. It's just like teaching literature but on screen. Yep. Um, loved that. And then when I left teaching, um, I did bits and bobs here and there, a little bit of extra work, a little bit of acting, a little bit of work in production. And um, I guess what I discovered is I loved, Talking about and analyzing and discussing and communing with film lovers more than I necessarily like the actual being on set and physical process of, you know, the paperwork involved in in any media.
1: Yeah, it's boring, isn't it? Being on set is actually quite boring. (laughs)
3: Yeah, sometimes like 15 hours of, of just standing around. Of
1: Nothing, yeah. Uh, it's it's so, funny it's funny how I tell people when I tell people that one of the most boring sets I was on was a Star Wars set. People were like,
3: "What? What is a Star Wars like?" Exactly. Yeah, it
1: was mega boring. <laughs> exactly.
3: So, and then and then I started writing film and theater reviews for two South African expat uh, newspapers. Um, Which I loved I got free tickets to things. So every time there was a South African director writer actor Whatever I got to go and see it and write about it and in interview and authors as well Um, So that was amazing and then um, those two papers have uh, Become online papers now and they've most of them have resettled back in South Africa. So they have a very small base here Mm. Um, and then oh and like I say one thing I really missed was the actual discuss discussion around film and media and um, I had two colleagues one in the photography department and one in the film department with me that I every morning I used to have a cup of coffee with them and we'd chat about what we'd watched and what we liked and what we thought and and I really missed that so I invited the two of them and uh, a few other people and we started a, a film club which we called Aliens and Others. Ooh and. Um, I really really love that. And
1: anything behind that name?
3: Well, Aliens. I did my film master's degree final thesis on because I did the um, the uh, cinematography well, of suspense.
1: Oh, James Cameron's Aliens.
3: Exactly. So okay. Aliens and um, and Jaws. I did my my dissertation on, Ooh. and um, and yeah, and we thought well. Uh, you could be an alien or you could be something other than an alien and the film The Others um, with uh, Nicole Kidman caught our fancy so that was the title we used to meet um, about sort of ad hoc basis about four or five times a year but we haven't met for a while and uh, I guess I'd really like to start that up after COVID Yeah. Um, and that's that's me now I'm obviously uh, well we've got a home cinema uh a projector and a screen basically okay um and um we don't have a tv but we have we stream so that's where we are oh right
1: yeah. okay, oh okay you see now in the message when you sent something to me you said that you guys didn't have a tv i was like how does that work with your let me let's let's be honest. The borderline addiction to film. So, it's and I was like, how, how do you, how does that work if you don't have a TV? But now now you said, oh, we go rid of the TV. Instead, we got our home cinema. Okay, I get you now. I get we didn't want to. We didn't
3: want to channel hop in an addictive, seamless, mindless way, and we don't like advertising either. At oh yeah. All. So that was the idea. Um So we have a, a projector and a and a wall.
1: But if you can do, but okay, here's my question. If you can stream something because now obviously tv is all online so if you can stream something doesn't that mean that you still have to have quite a bit of discipline to not just jump onto some live stream of something on tv
3: um well i don't think either of us much likes a lot of some of the stuff that's churning out of tv okay anyway but um i think when you when you've got a whole lot of platforms like you turn on apple tv and you've got netflix or bbc iplayer or Showmax or five live or itv or whatever you actually start making choices Mm -hmm. instead of just instead of just turning on a uh, a screen and flipping through it with the control so Mm. uh, but sometimes we do get lost in the um in the sort of circuit of going around the amazon i mean the um netflix stuff trying to choose one because we don't both like necessarily all the same genre and stuff like
1: that so yeah yeah i know yeah. what you mean i know what you mean there, there have been times when i've actually sort of tried to sit down with netflix amazon prime now tv whatever it is and tried to choose something and i've, I've actually gone back to the safety and security of somebody telling me what to watch by just putting on bbc one i'm like oh, ah yeah, yes yeah, yeah. i don't have to make yeah. a decision <laughs>
3: exactly the decision making is the hard part
1: all, all right cool and also in that you mentioned something about I think you you, saw, you, you you said something about you briefly attended your film club. I think by that you mean my film club. I don't remember having a film club.
3: Uh, well, you started up something where you, we decided we'd, um, we'd look at stuff that was out there um, that maybe uh, we wouldn't want to really choose ourselves, but so that we could watch, discuss, and then be relevant, so to be able to talk to others who are watching it. Okay. And the choice that you made was the exorcism of Emily Rose. We watched it in Stratford somewhere, I think, at uh, Andrew and Berner's house. Oh yeah, yeah. And um, I was just traumatized after that. So, uh, um, but horror is not my my thing unless it's creature creature feature.
1: Okay. You see now now this is the weird thing, right? Okay. You said you were traumatized. i might have been so traumatized. I do not remember this at all.
3: Exactly, you blocked it out completely.
1: <laughs> I, I do not remember setting this up. I do not remember watching this at the house. I barely remember the film. I, I think it had Jennifer Carpenter in it, but I, I barely remember the film. So I, when I read that, I was like, oh, that, that's interesting. But, oh, well, okay. Well, I'm going to have to figure out where that memory is gone. But <laughs> shall we get on to our questions? Yes. So the questions that we're asking everybody is, the first one we saw at cinema ever tell us the story of the first time you ever went to a cinema the last film that you caught before the lockdown happened why it is that you love going to the cinema and what are you most looking forward to seeing when cinemas reopen now you've already kind of started off on why you essentially why do you think cinemas is a thing why do you love going to the cinema so please carry on and just elaborate a little bit more on that
3: okay so um so for me cinema is an outing um whereas netflix is an at-home activity mm-hmm. even though they're essentially you're watching a film and that's the same thing. Yeah. Um, cinema popcorn for me is the best. Um, I can never get the salt exactly right. And I burn popcorn sometimes. Um, and so for me, that's a big treat. I know for other people, that's a real irritation, you know, somebody crunching in your ear, but for me, uh, cinema and popcorn are synonymous and cinema popcorn is better than anything else I've ever tasted.
1: <laughs> Take um, that kissed
3: Exactly. Previews, uh, you know, just there's something about a sort of, I guess it's like opening a sort of um, chocolate box of different varieties and you get to sort of see what's coming and anticipate it and so on. Yep. Um, and the shared experience, you know, laughing together, screaming together perhaps, um, whether it's with the person that you're there with mm-hmm. or whether it's just that you're there with a group of people who are having a – you know, screaming because they all got a fright or whatever it is yes, yeah. I remember in um in a book I read it wasn't a bio- it wasn't an autobiography, it was a biography uh, about Spielberg um, and lucas um, really gripping stuff and um Spielberg talked about how he sat at the back of the cinema uh, for a preview screening of Jaws, him and um, the editor who they called Mother Cutter who's, I think she—I <laughs> forget what her real name is, but uh, she was an elderly woman who has since is, died. But is, a very is good she, editor.
1: Is it not? it's not Thelma Shoemaker? Is it?
3: I. It could be. I know it she was. I, know she Offhand, was Martin, I don't remember. I know
1: she's Martin Scorsese's person, but I don't know. I don't know that she worked with Spielberg. But anyway, carry on.
3: I'd have to look it up. Anyway, and um, they they watched, and I, I don't want to give anything away, but there's a scene underneath under the water, as there would be in Jaws and where something floats up in front of the diver's goggles yeah, and, um, and the cinema, you know, he expected there to be a big scream and there wasn't so much. And afterwards they had a chat and she said, I know how to get a good scream out of them. And they did a bit of tweaking. And anyway, I, I just, I love the whole idea of, of, of a shared experience and, and looking at our reactions and stuff. Yeah. Um, and um obviously you can get that in a home cinema obviously yeah uh but i think it's hard to get that total blackness that total darkness and the cinema seat and the whole experience um at home yeah um and then some films i think are really better suited for the big screen and the big music and the big sound and the big everything like well i'll go back to aliens and jaws but jurassic park and and probably every um superhero film and action film we've ever seen just Mm. that
1: yeah yeah true well all the good ones
3: yeah exactly (laughs) um you need to get pulled into some of those experiences and quite frankly i've often caught up on my cinema viewing or my film viewing in an airplane and the small screen um yeah it just doesn't work for some things (laughs) so um yeah i i think there's i think there's a whole experience there there's a whole focus as well focus in the cinema you've got uh you give a hundred percent focus um you might slightly focus on your popcorn as well but um (laughs) at home you know I might check my phone when a when a text message comes through I might pause it to make a drink I might uh, get a call from a family member and it's just not quite the same I think um, so that's yeah why cinema those are my reasons
1: oh well yeah I, I i agree with you i agree with you and also just to give her her due it was verna fields verna fields it was, was verna, fields, oh, was verna the, fields that's the one yeah the, the editor of jaws verna fields mother cutter yeah or <laughs> <laughs> oh okay, so yeah, that's what uh, um well i think enough said you said it i would agree with a lot of that stuff anyone who listens to this podcast would have heard me say some things along those lines but i love the fact that you you point out that okay, there's there's a different bit of the cinema. There's the storytelling which you can get on a small TV screen play, but you can, you don't get the experience. Yeah, seems to, it seems to be what you what what I was picking out of what you were saying.
3: Absolutely, absolutely. That, that yeah. There's
1: different areas to what makes a film. There's a story. There's a and you might get the story, but you don't get the experience.
3: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. definitely.
1: Yeah, yeah. I I could I, I can agree with you. I, I mean, I know even though nowadays a lot of the films I see them on my own. Um, because obviously we have to watch films for this podcast, and if I waited for other people to watch films, I just wouldn't watch many films. So yeah,
3: yeah.
1: So I watch a lot of films of my own, but every now and then you manage to get into a cinema that's packed, and it's a totally different thing. I remember I saw Absolutely. I saw Blue Story last year in a cinema in Coventry, surrounded by essentially a whole bunch of black teenagers who mm-hmm. who, who for what they were seeing on the screen were similar to what they would have known growing up. And that was one of the, it's one of my most fun experiences I've had in a cinema because everything, the jokes, the, the, and also the fact that because, okay, they so the blacks, black, so they have African blood in them. And there is the whole thing where in, in Nigeria, where I come from, watching something is an interactive experience. So you, you don't just sit down there and go, Mm, exactly. Mm. Oh yeah, no, it's an interactive. It's like, oh no, oh, oh waste, man, waste, and, and all that stuff that was good throughout the film. and I was like, this is kind of fun. This, and I think yeah. you don't get that sitting at home with just two or three people. So it's yeah, I yeah, I yeah. totally get you that. Oh, right, but okay, you're talking about going to the cinemas. Do you have a favorite one? Do you have a a great one that you like? That let's say. Um, you... I, are
3: you still there?
1: I'm still here. I'm still here. Yeah
3: okay yeah so um i am i I like cinemas that are i quite like independent cinemas um especially quirky ones maybe something like a really small room or a, um um, you know some of these more luxury ones where you can maybe order a drink that kind of thing obviously that's on the sort of high end and those are more expensive yeah um the cinema that we used to go to when I was at university had several broken chairs so if you went as a group you couldn't always sit next to people which I think (laughs) might be quite good for social distancing actually (laughs) Um, and then that had a gallery as well so people could you know throw things from the top which you did you know student behaviour was always a little bit dodgy Yeah. Um, And um, but my favourite I suppose is wherever I can go that's easy I'm not a late night person I don't like to go very far out of my way. I enjoy my local cinema. So uh, Putney Odeon is my closest, or uh, Fulham View, or mm-hmm. Fulham Cineworld, I think it is. Mm. Um, and so if I can get to something that I like at the right sort of time, close by, then that's that's my favorite. But yeah, I, ideally independent cinema is... Uh, independently owned cinema is is quite is quite appealing
1: well good stuff good stuff right you
3: also end up getting some things that aren't necessarily you know because because it can be a thing where if some there's a a couple of really big films and they're released all in in all the main cinemas and you're looking on a friday night where to go and you can't find anywhere that's showing anything other than maybe children's films and half term (laughs) so it's quite nice to go to independent um yeah so that's (laughs)
1: Sorry, I'm laughing because you sound a little bit like Sharon who is who's one of a co host of the podcasts. She, <laughs> yeah. She can't stand animation. But <laughs> so so I ha- don't
3: have a problem with animation, but like yeah, I just wanna have some choice or maybe it's like October and it's horror season.
1: Oh and yeah, you can't yeah, see yeah.
3: anything decent apart from something that's, you know, gonna haunt you for your life.
1: But so, so you can so, get yeah. you can get something that's uh, something that's a little bit more uh well, get to a cinema that's a bit more tailored a bit more a little curated. bit
3: nuanced yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely all
1: definitely. right okay so going on from that tell us about the first tell us the story of the first time you ever went to the cinema what was the first time you saw what kicked off this love obsession for you
3: um well actually i think what kicked off the love i think the film thing really goes back to the fact that i love stories and and mm-hmm. books and so on um my parents used to allow us to go to the local video store and my father would choose a uh, a National Geographic film about animals and we got to choose uh, a film that we wanted to watch and so um, that was quite a big thing in our lives back in the day of video stores <laughs> and my parents were a little bit um, they weren't so keen for us to go to the cinema because in the town that I lived in, the cinema was, I guess you could say downtown, it was in the main CBD of the town So and, that, that uh, CBD
1: was Central Business District is that?
3: Yeah. So, um, you know, after dark, it wasn't necessarily a very safe place and they didn't want us children hanging around there. They wanted to know who was picking us up, who was dropping us off, etc. So actually, the first film I ever went to see, um, I only remember that it was about a plane. Um, and I actually had to look it up, but it was Delta Force in 1986
1: <laughs> um, with Chuck Norris. Chuck Norris and his and his amazing bike.
3: <laughs> and to be honest, I actually have no idea. I do not know the storyline. The film itself didn't impact me, but I know because it was my first chance where we'd been begging our parents to allow us. This is my brother and me yeah. to allow us to go to the cinema i think it wasn't about the film in this case it was about the cinema and i think we had a couple of friends with us and you know there was some approval with parents about who was being picked up and who who was picking us up etc and it was safe and so we went to see that but the one i do actually remember and impacted me um, was crocodile dundee same year 1986 oh yeah uh with paul hogan and linda koswelski yeah um, and that one really impacted my brother and me, and on the drive home with my parents, we were leaning out the window and shouting hello to strangers' because that's what um Paul Hogan does when he arrives in New York and thinks everybody's chatty like in Australia um and so yeah, that I think sold it for me um or bought it for me whatever um that that and with my brother, yeah, so that was a great. Great experience. And then up shortly after that, the other significant one I remember was going on a date to see Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade.
1: Ooh. Ooh. So good good, good yeah. taste. Good taste, that guy.
3: Yeah, part of my blip <laughs> with Chuck Norris.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, well, well now you see Delta Force. Now that was a that was a film that growing up that was uh because we didn't have cinemas in Nigeria. But that was our go-to Yeah, now that Now people Now this is the height of cinema If you want to know what a film is Delta Force (laughs) And there were some channels (laughs) There were some channels in Nigeria That I think had this old tape of Delta Force That they found somewhere And they just put that in uh, Every now and then It would come up on TV And everybody was like Oh my god, Delta Force
3: Chuck Norris (laughs) Must be a boy thing must
1: be a boy. It, it, I it, it, uh, uh, well, I have to admit that that is one time when we do just totally fulfill the stereotype. Yeah. It was like, Oh stuff blows up. He has a magic bike, motorbike. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. But yeah, yes. But yeah, you went on a date to see um Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. I was saying that that guy, good taste. Good taste. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what, yeah, what yeah. else he was like, but I can't fault his his taste for uh first date film. <laughs> All right.
3: I I can't even remember who chose it, but it was a small town, so maybe there was only one screen. It might have just been the only (laughs) offering, but I do love Indiana Jones, so it's good.
1: Or It might have been the time when you went, uh, let's go to the pictures, let's go see the picture, because there was one every
3: week. Yeah, could well have been, could well have been.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah oh good lord oh, okay but we're about to get into a different discussion that was for another podcast we used to do called they don't make them like they used to but anyway we'll carry on with this one and so what was the last film that you managed to catch before the lockdown kit hits
3: so i was actually really excited about the films that were coming up um just before lockdown and um i don't know if it was late january or early february but i took an elderly friend of mine um to go and see Little Women. Oh, yeah. And the very next week to go and see The Personal History of David Copperfield because we both love classics. Mm -hmm. And um, anyway, so two Fridays in a row, I went to see those two. Uh, And the plan was the third one to go and see um, 1917, but uh, that didn't work out. But um, yeah, so those were the last two I saw, Little Women with Saoirse Ronan and Laura Dern. And the personal history of David Copperfield with Dev Patel, etc.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So
3: and loved them, really loved them. Um, you know, they they were two quite interesting films because they neither of them exactly adhered to the book.
1: Yes, true. in each case. Yeah. Uh,
3: so they were quite interpretive, which um normally I would really uh be a stickler for, you know, it's gotta be the the book was good enough, you know, don't you think? So need to this is what it.
1: Dickens wrote?
3: But I, I really, I really thought there were some really interesting things there, particularly in both films with characters and, and the actors that played them. So I thought they were good interpretations.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, we we love we like those two films on the podcast as well. I mean, we because Sharon is a bit like. Essentially, we, we have some rules that if something is animated or made for kids on the podcast, I'm going to be the one who's going to see it. If there's a western or there's a horror movie, Sean's going to see it. And if there's something that was adapted from a book, Sharon will see it. So, so when we spoke about those, I mean, you I that Sharon was all over them and it was like saying something similar to what you were saying about, like, oh, well, that wasn't quite the same. And I remember watching David Copperfield and thinking, oh my God, I need to go read some Dickens. And Sharon was like, no, no. Dickens is nothing like that. <laughs> it's like that was a lot pacier than Dickens is, but uh, so, but yeah, she, but we were saying very similar things to you that we thought that they were those were those were really really good films and really really good adaptations of. Well, managed to find yeah. something new and something that happened been ad- because both those stories have been adapted many many times and they yeah. still managed to find something new to say.
3: Yeah, 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 really good.
1: Which I thought, which oh well, well, I was quite happy with that. So if you uh, now I know that you you the message you sent me you ended it by saying that you would I can't remember the exact word you used but I'm going to paraphrase it I think me. a
3: personal tragedy.
1: Yes, yes, it would be it would be a personal pra- tragedy if cinema and theater were to pack up forever. But imagine mm. let's imagine for a second that that is the final film you see in a cinema. Happy? uh
3: no <laughs> oh, do you mean happy with the films i saw
1: or happy with the films happy... you saw no not happy with the idea that cinema never comes back because yeah, of... no,
3: happy with the films i saw i think i think i could probably even revisit them and really do a proper think through an analysis um i i thought they were very interesting and f- frankly i've been i hate to say this on particularly on your podcast uh, because of the topic and so on, but I've been quite disappointed in what's been coming out of the cinema uh, in some of the last few years. There've been a few great ones for me. Um, Black Panther was the highlight of yeah uh, of last year for me, or was it the year before? Time has become a little bit of a nebulous thing.
1: It has. It has. Black Panther was the year before.
3: That's right. Okay. Yeah. Um, and, but there's been a lot of stuff that I think is just Hollywood churning out the same old stuff, and I've just been a bit disappointed. Or films where the theme is showing, you know. what your theme is showing. Um, they just try and spoon-feed you stuff about the environment or whatever.
1: Where the theme is showing, did you say?
3: Yeah, so we have a rule in writing. Don't show your theme. It's a little bit like saying your theme is showing from your dress or whatever. Okay, cool, yeah. Um, so write in such a way that you, you tell a story without um, – patronizing the reader mm-hmm. uh, by blatantly giving your three a theme too much exposition you know yeah yeah
1: yeah 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 but
3: um anyway I was um so I was really excited this year i I saw some really good things coming up and I was excited to see them so um I really hope that some of our cinemas survive business wise um
1: yeah and no, no, that is the big problem yeah. is the, is whether they're going to survive uh, it, that is the big problem. That's that's what worries us. But um, but what you well don't worry about saying that on on a show like this Netflix vs Cinema because one of the points of this show is to is to is to try and figure out whether like you know is Netflix going to win or does cinema have to up its game and how mm-hmm. does how is cinema going to have to up its game? So that's why every week usually what we do is we watch three things in the cinema, three things on Netflix, and say where 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 have we got more bang for our buck this week? And yeah. uh, so. Your complaints about cinema. Oh my, you should talk to Sean. You should talk to Sean. Sean. Sean had a list of how, I think it was last year, and he was talking about how every single big blockbuster that promised stuff, he was like, did it again, they messed up again, they destroyed it, they did this, like, the ending is stupid. And he would just go on a rant about how that. But yeah, you, you should have a chat with Sean. I think you would enjoy Well, I actually
3: think. I actually think that's one of the problems that I would highlight and hope would change in film, in cinemas going forward, is that they're too driven by Hollywood. They're Mm -hmm. too driven by the big blockbusters, which are often more bang than actually uh, substance. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, I think there's so much independent film out there that um, very rarely gets any kind of, and not just independent film, just different uh, national film, you know, stuff that's coming out of Africa, stuff that's coming out of Eastern Europe. Mm-hmm. And I know that the British public is, they, they're they not very good at, you know, they're not so keen on reading subtitles. But I think there's so much worth out there that, you know, if we could educate people, I don't know. Anyway, that's a whole different topic, but <laughs> I'll maybe cover it very briefly in, in what I think you know, um, <laughs> what i like to see going forward. What you
1: like to see going forward. All right, cool. So, okay, we'll get to our final question because I do know you have to go on. So it's, uh, uh, what are you most looking forward to seeing when we're actually allowed back in cinemas?
3: So I think that's a twofold question. I think, first of all, there are a lot of things I didn't get to see. Um, I'm, I mean, I've got a list of must-see films that I had on my radar, A Hidden Life, Jojo Rabbit, uh, 1917, Military Wives, Marriage Story, The Two Popes, Bombshell, mm-hmm. Queen and Slim, Mr. Jones, The Ooh, Farewell, A Beautiful Day in the Neighbourhood, Parasite, Dark Waters. Uh, and that's just to mention a few that I wrote down. Um, and I know that they they came, you know, they've had their cinema due, but I actually think, I'm hoping anyway, that because probably, probably less films are being made during lockdown, yeah, that true. maybe we'll get to revisit some of those uh, for a longer period and actually I'll get to see some of those. That's, I mean, I know that the two popes is now on Netflix and marriage story as well. Yeah. uh, And possibly one or two of the others, but um, yeah. Anyway, that that's the one thing Um, because I quite like the, the model of the Prince Charles cinema in Leicester square, the idea of showing some rewatches. Yeah. I think that's, probably i think people like that kind of thing um and i think they've been quite entrepreneurial in the way that they've used cinema uh with sing-alongs and rewatches and theme yeah. stuff which i think is quite clever um so that's the one thing uh obviously the bond film when that happens yeah. um and i've been closely watching the development of uh the film version of the the musical wicked because i'm a musical fan I'm oh, yeah. a Western fan. So I don't know where I'd fit in your podcast selections. <laughs> but um yeah, so um those are the things I haven't given an awful lot of thought to what's in the long part um, you know, uh, pipeline. But yeah, wicked. I'm really hoping that's eventually going to come to screen. Um but um the other half of this is not just what I'd like to see film-wise, but I'd really like to see cinemas up their game as entrepreneurial platforms uh you know more um more sort of maybe primary, premiering with with maybe uh, ordinary people in different places when there's a big premiere going on in leicester square um tables maybe tables and chairs and food mm. um i know there's some food obviously uh they're licensed now so i don't see how that's not possible Maybe more director talks, writer talks, actor talks, interviews, that kind of thing. Um, maybe double bills like they used to be in pre-my-life pre pre-my life de- days. <laughs> or an- animation starters like um, Pixar started doing with some of their films. News reels, perhaps. I don't know. I just think there could be a nostalgic return to some of those formats.
1: Yeah,
3: nice. Um, And maybe just some quirky independent changes you know jazz up the forecourt so it's not just big lights and and you know ben and jerry stand i don't know
1: well well yeah i mean it's something that we have said i mean that uh, i do feel like say what you like about uh, about netflix but i feel like netflix have they've thrown down a gauntlet and cinemas have to up their game if they're going to keep yeah. people coming in the door uh, because... yeah and it
3: can't just go to luxury that isn't the way to go you can you've got to have luxury and then you've got to have other things as well yes i don't know bags.
1: yeah yeah oh and i know like for instance we we spoke about um we spoke about national theater live the national theater live things which were two oh,
3: of course they've done that too yeah
1: yeah which which were two um i think two mediums which i know you you love them both but two mediums which let's be honest are under threat from from th- something like netflix Coming together and yeah. doing more stuff because I remember seeing yeah. Flea Fleabag in a cinema and I thought that that was brilliant. I thought that was absolutely brilliant. And yeah, it, yeah. yeah, And it, so yeah, making making cinemas up their game. It gets, I think mm, mm. I, if you have well, you were, it's funny how you're talking about essentially taking things back to all the things that they used to do when they used to make cinema a show or make cinema an event. So when people used to leave the house, so. Prior times, mm. like if we're talking like the 50s or the 60s, uh, that they would make it a big deal about, come on to the cinema and have all this stuff. And, uh, and one of the things Sharon said on the show last week, which I thought, which blew my mind when she mentioned this, which was saying, okay, af- after this lockdown, we know we're going to have to socially distance for a while. And she was like, look, the perfect, the perfect way to socially distance while watching the cinema or watching a film in the cinema is drive-ins. Just bring back drive-ins. Yeah, yeah,
3: bring back drive-ins, <laughs> bring
1: absolutely. Bring, and I was like, "What? oh my God, that that solves everything. <laughs> and it really was, and it really still in my head, I'm thinking, yeah, just bring back drive-ins. Oh my God, it is so... It is staring us right in the face. Bring back drive-ins, and that's and those way-
3: little trays that hook onto your uh, window. Yeah, like we saw it, like we saw in Greece.
1: Yeah, trays that hook onto your window. Bring, and, and I think somebody who has the capital to do this can stand to make a lot of money if they just bring back yeah. drive-ins because they, I mean, you could probably even do that now. But, but hey, yeah, but anyway. yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I and a very very um lastly um which I think is a bit controversial considering everyone's battling financially businesses particularly. Yep. But I think film um cinemas have gone for the expensive rather than I mean so sometimes you you know what it's like you go into the cinema often often sometimes you can be the only one in there. Yeah. And sometimes there can be just you know maybe three other people and um and I think making lots of Making this, I mean, eco- economically, there's arguments to say if you drop the price, um, you get more people in, which then covers your cost rather than having three people paying the exorbitant price. And I think there's some different um, sort of economic models that they could look at. Um, I, I know that Odeon and, and maybe some some of the other ones have looked at, you know, watch as much as you like for X amount a month, or yeah, which o- only Odeon, works if they're Odion
1: and the sitting which, world.
3: Yeah, which only works if there's lots of good content to see. Um, And secondly, you know, during school holidays, um, kids pay a pound, mums come for free or whatever it is. Um, And I know that there are some cheaper films for pensioners and so on. But I just think that there's Mm -hmm. probably, you get a couple of entrepreneurs who have some good financial backing um, behind these, you know, these cinemas. You might actually see some really interesting stuff come out.
1: I actually think if you had smaller screens like you don't need you don't need 100 seats of the yeah yeah uh, so I go to cinema almost every week and I think in the last year there were probably three films that I saw that had more than 100 people in them so yeah yeah uh so I'm thinking you you're wasting time heating all those all those other seats or anything like, why don't you just make them smaller yeah. have more screens you can keep the screen yeah, yeah yeah. But, but hey it's and it,
3: show some oldies uh, yeah, I think, I think I think yeah,
1: do do a revival every classics. now and then. Bring back singing in the rain or something like that. So
3: exactly, exactly.
1: Yeah. Uh, but, Twelve
3: Angry Men, that kind of thing, you know. Yeah, Good th- black and white.
1: Think things that you know that most of us would never have had a chance to see on the big screen. The Wizard of Oz.
3: yeah i watch that every christmas at home so yeah they could bring that in as a christmas
1: film bring back every christmas okay you hear that cinemas you will have one at least one customer who will come every christmas to watch the wizard of oz on your screen
3: exactly exactly exactly
1: (laughs) sandy thank you very much for coming on the podcast thank you very much for your answers i'm sure thanks for having me you're gonna have loads of people head scratching and going oh yeah good idea good idea <laughs> and and you'll make Hopefully. it and uh, me up. will uh, you're probably just gonna send me to go find delta force now and then watch it and go oh my word we like and
3: then please tell me if it actually ages well or if it didn't oh. I, I have a feeling it's not gonna age very well
1: it's a chuck norris movie from the 80s there's no chance it has of aging well whatsoever <laughs> it Has no exactly. chance no chance i mean oh, just, just gonna watch it and be like man we liked some rubbish when we were kids i was just
3: thinking you know um i think some part some films have maximized on this idea of really really bad films and going to see that as a big group like sharknado and stuff oh yeah, yeah as yeah. an interactive thing yeah anyway, there's another idea
1: well, well yeah, the, but i could go on yeah the final film i saw in the cinema was definitely one of those
3: okay uh, yeah,
1: yeah i saw fantasy island uh, Save yourself. Save, <laughs> save yourself i'll take
3: your advice <laughs> definitely definitely
1: all right, cool. All right, say you there. Thank
3: so you, had, Tyson. Say so hello for me. We'll do. Bye.
1: Bye. That was Sandy. Sandy, thank you so much for coming onto the show. And um, for anybody who wants to come on the show and tell us about their things, answer those questions, tell us their stories, we will be more than happy to hear from you. Find us on Twitter at Netflix vs Cinema. And yeah, tell us what it is you want to say. We'll bring you on. We'll interview you. And nowadays, it doesn't matter where you are in the world. I have a friend in Texas that I'm hoping to track down. Because I think he's 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 going to be really really interesting. So, what did you guys think about Sandy's interview? Chuck
2: Norris. Just, just
1: another mention. <laughs> Chuck Norris. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Chuck Norris. Delta just yeah. a Texas Ranger. That's, Ivan. Delta that's, Force. That's an, oh dear, that's that's a bad film, man. That's like a straight. That's like a straight to video doobie What's it? It's like an yeah, the magic motorbike. The magic motorbike. The magic motorbike.
1: Oh my God, Delta Force.
0: <laughs> um yeah, 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 I remember seeing that. That was probably. Was that? I wonder if that was one of those canon films. Those silly. Because there was loads it, that came out like that. There was one called. Uh, oh, I don't know. I can't
1: remember. There was just so well, many of right, them at the time. Well, yeah, right about the time in the Mission missing in Action. Missing in yeah. Action. Oh my God. Yeah, all
2: those.
1: <laughs> yeah, Missing in Action. Oh, that was the time when Mad Wolf McQuaid. Lo, yeah, that, that was... Mad
2: Wolf McQuaid was a uh, Chuck Norris.
1: Yeah, the, yeah, there was a time when you had like Mad- Michael Dudikoff in the '80s, where he became a massive star yeah. as well with American yeah, 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 Ninja yeah. and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> I, no, I, yeah, yeah. I, th- that was the that is like my time because as I was telling as I was telling Sandy, Delta Force was like if we had cinemas in the '80s in Nigeria, Delta Force would have been a massive hit. Everybody was talking <laughs> about this film. Every kid wanted that magic bike. <laughs> Every i think that there's a bit towards the end i think there's a bit towards the end where he's trying to get onto a plane and he's riding on his magic bike to sort of catch up with this plane <laughs> and he has to he has to hold on to like a dangling rope ladder for the plane, and then he and then he lets the bike go and the bike blows up and we kids we almost wanted to cry about the fact that, oh my god the bike's the dead <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but that was the best bike in the world how could you kill that bike so I'm like but but anyway anything what sorry yeah
0: i think i may have I don't, I don't think i saw that in the pictures i think i saw that in the video like with the when you used to get yeah. the video shots
1: yeah you yep, know, yep, yep. used
0: to go like like saying um the, but when video first came out this is what i remember about when video first came out and i and i had a hitachi video and there was this this was how expensive it was i suppose this would be i oh, God, not know what it was anyway so, cut long story short, this this video shop opened and it was called Video Unlimited. I never forget. But you had to buy a video, which was about thirty quid, and then you could exchange it. So it was like a library. So you used to go down there. It was run run from this house down down the road here, actually. And you'd have to. You, so you buy one for thirty quid, and then every time you changed it, you had to pay six quid. So it was really really expensive. And then,
2: Cause that in for those then, days,
1: that was expensive. That's bloody dear. But even nowadays, that's still expensive. <laughs> I wouldn't want to buy. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: know, I know. Yeah. But it was like. Whoa, this is the whole this is it was like you know, it was it was good to see and there was some some you know, it was all pretty rubbishy stuff, you know, it was all like <laughs> B movie stuff and that. But it was such a novelty to have this this um this videotape recorder and you could record on it as well. You could record off the TV. Yeah, right? yeah it was yeah. like had big it had like big buttons and so you had yeah, to And yeah. um, and if you ever paused it, there was like a massive jump you you know, like when you watch <laughs> the thing back. So yeah, so that's what i remember and then the video shops just opened and they became you know like independent ones and then blockbusters turned up and you know it just they became like five for three quid or something was, uh, <laughs> you know it was crazy really but that was that's what i remember about video it was the first time it was like whoa i can finally choose what i want to watch it might cost me six yeah, quid we a used to
2: go to our local radio rentals they used to do video rentals as well because we used to in the late 80s, we used to rent our video. We never bought one. And we used to rent our television as well. So you could rent the video and the television, and then they also rented all the films. So <laughs> often we would go down Funnily. the radio Rentals shop because they had my mum and dad's membership number, so me and my brothers could go in there and rent films from them. Yeah,
0: that's it. As well as all the I, usual
2: spa shop and yeah. uh, video shops and all the rest that's of it. them.
0: That's it. I do Woolworths. remember going
2: to watch... Yeah. Um,
0: remember Woolworths?
2: They had a big video section,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could say I could say some things about getting serious, serious trouble. But i will tell you i tell you i tell you about 'em I'll tell you about, them, tell, you about, them, tell, you about tell you about it sometimes. So yeah. But yeah, no, those, those were great those days really. Well they, I don't know if they were or not, really. but yeah. So Well it was a so different now, approach
2: to film, isn't it? How with film evolves yeah. is before we said, hasn't it evolves? And that was what one of those sort of processes from just cinema to that transition to owning films and to being able to watch things. And that was like one of the steps that led us to where we are today, where you've got streaming of films in your own home. So yeah.
0: yeah. One yeah. of the,
2: the step, a stepping stone on the path to where we are now. And who knows where it will be in the future.
0: Well, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Be beamed into your living room. But it was quite funny with, I suppose, like, like with the food thing. Like, yeah. I'm not a popcorn. But, pro- oh, but, but it, if you're at home, you can just choose to have what you want, can't you, really? Yeah. I mean, whereas you're very limited to expensive stuff at a cinema. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Do you don't like popcorn, Sharon?
2: I don't like... I, 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 just before they went into lockdown, the Cineworld was started to introduce loyalty rewards. So if you were a frequent member and you went a lot, they started to give you free popcorn and free sweets and three other things. And so I got some free popcorn the last time I went. And I must admit, I managed to eat about at the top inch before I had enough. <laughs> And so I folded the top in like an envelope. And then when we came out, there were some people going in for next to And I said, would you like some popcorn? <laughs> and I saw, like, just handed this baton over to someone uh, passing me in the corridor. Uh, so I, I, a little goes a long way. But I don't like the, the rustling. It's not so much <laughs> the crunching. It's the whole, when they're in a bag, it seems to be like. <laughs> and then you get the crunching. It's like. Just take a
3: piece of popcorn.
2: You really have to hunt that hard to find a bit of popcorn. Just
0: take
2: a bit. So that does drive me up the wall.
0: That's right. I do like butterkiss though. So I guess (laughs) Tosin likes butterkiss as well because that's my favourite sort of popcorn. If
2: they did it about a teacup size rather than this sort of gallon of it it might be a bit more acceptable but you just get too much of the darn
1: stuff
2: No, I'm, I'm not
1: fa- or- I'm not a fan of popcorn i'm not a fan of popcorn i mean it i i used to be and i think sunny was talking about how like she loves cinema popcorn and cinema popcorn is like the thing it that that's where it's at <laughs> uh, and i used to be like that because it's it's and this is something that keeps coming up people keep talking about why um why cinema why netflix cannot replace cinema and it's like and uh, I used to be like oh you got to go there you've got to get the popcorn and all that because I even even before I, nowadays I think about the only thing I might eat is like one of the hot dogs if I'm feeling desperate but but it's like I the,
2: quite like the pick and mix
1: yeah but the problem with the popcorn I find is that after eating any amount of popcorn I can have a handful of popcorn and that and i 'll find like two weeks later there will be a kernel or the shell of a kernel stuck somewhere in my gum line that i can 't quite get to, and it will just drive me uh-huh. mad and it's and it just and it 's happened so much and it's, it's become so frequent i don 't know whether like that gap has become bigger as i 've grown older or whatever it is, but now i just can i can 't handle it so whenever I look at a bowl, I look at a at any kind of popcorn even at home when when my wife makes popcorn, I look at it and I just kind of go no i can't i can't do it. It's, I can't. Not worth it it's not worth it it's not worth it it's not worth the hassle that i'm gonna have in two weeks when i'm trying to get a kernel away from my gum line and it's just sticking it in there trying to like you know affect my gum or something so yeah i i'm over popcorn <laughs> uh, I, i'm over it I'm, I'm absolutely over it so um not even butter oh no not even kissed. i mean i used to like kissed, but now man it's too sweet it just makes me feel sick it- <laughs> It makes me feel sick. Which, which I think I have to thank my body. I think my body is telling me, dude, you're getting old. You can't handle this stuff anymore. <laughs> butter kissed. It might, it might taste good going in. It's not going to be good for you when once it gets from the inside. It's not going to be pretty. So, so, I'm hoping that that's what's happening. My body is just trying to protect me from from doing something silly and uh, loading up on butter kissed. So, um, so. Now, Sandy was talking about her first trip to the cinema and how her brother and her, and her had to sort of, like, you know, beg. And essentially, she I think it was something about, she was allowed to watch something that he wanted to watch. And I think you had a similar story. You were talking about having to go to the cinema with your brother. And that, that, that what was it that you were saying about you and your brother in cinema first time? Yeah, we both, well,
2: I had two, I had two old, I've got two older brothers. and So my first cinema trip was I went with, them to see Star Wars at the cinema. Uh, so, but one brother's four years older than me, and the other one is two years, well, just under two years older than me. And so we were like, doo-doo-doo. so yeah, they, I was, I, was, I, I was allowed to go out with them as long as I stayed with them. Yes. Yeah. And so, yeah, often it'd be what they wanted to see. And then there would be like two or three of their mates. So I would be the little sister tagging along with <laughs> my brother and their mates. <laughs>
1: so do you remember when you actually finally got to because this seems to be something especially with younger sisters i've been i was speaking to with the interviews this seems to keep popping up the younger sister who has to go along and ends up having to watch what her brother wants to watch because she's not allowed to see and do you remember the first time you managed to get to the cinema on your own and you got to choose what film you wanted to see
2: yeah I and mean, it was probably about four years later when i was old enough when i was allowed to go with my friends and I think in my head, I think we went to see Greece on one of its re-releases and oh, so wow. one of the things that Sandy was saying in her interview would be like, why don't they just show films again the films that we've missed in the cinema or the films that you know, you didn't maybe get on the first release yeah well in the Good cinemas idea. in the 70s 80's and well going back to before the age of video, you had the initial release of the film and then it would get re-released or then you'd get it would come round again yeah and so I remember things like. Star Wars, wouldn't just be at the cinema that were, that first release, it would keep coming around over the next two or three years. And I remember seeing Grease, but it wasn't the year it was released, it was about two or three years later, I would have been about 11 or 12, so that would have been like 1981, 1982, so about four or five years after it was originally released, I saw it at the cinema with some of my girlfriends. And we all would have been about the same age, about 11, 12. So it was a, re- a common thing. It was normal that a film would still be in circulation um, at cinemas even years after they had been released. Because you never got if you, if it wasn't the cinema, you never got to see it. Yeah. So all these reels of film, if they wanted to fill up their schedules, they would just go and get an old and a popular film of its day, and then they would just show it again because they would guarantee that people would turn out to see it. And they would be interspersed between the new releases. But, yeah, it wasn't unusual to keep going back to the cinema to see films years after their initial release. So uh, I remember going to see, with my pals, yeah, at Greece, at the cinema, which I was desperate to see. But it took me about four years before I got to see it. But I knew all the songs, and I knew that <laughs> all the... I even had a storybook, but I never actually... A photo book, which I used to produce. I yeah. had all the stills, but I'd never actually seen the film. And when I did get to see the film, I realised that the photo book that I had had stills in it of scenes that were actually cut from the film. <laughs> so I've got these photos of, that were, and aren't actually in the film. I don't know if I've... I probably still have that photo book upstairs because I've got a box of my childhood stuff. Yeah. Still, still up there in the attic. Um, but, yeah, so I, I knew the st- songs, I knew the the film, but I'd never seen it until about four years after it, it was actually. released. Yep. That was my first... So- Girls only trip to cinema.
1: So so from what you both of you are saying, you, you reckon that it would be a good idea for cinema to sort of give us sort of a shot, at, to bring back some of the big hitters once cinemas get open again. Bring back some of the big hitters and bring people back in. Because, I, yeah, sorry, Sharon, you're going to say.
2: No, I, I would say, it, I would love that. I don't know if the culture is right for it because in the, when I used to do that, when we used to go see the re-releases, it was because that was the only way you'd ever get to see these films.
1: Mm. There
2: wasn't an alternative. Whereas now, I think people just hang around and watch them on Netflix. But actually and I, we went to see, was it Barry Lyndon?
0: Barry Lyndon, yeah, that was lovely. We went to
2: see that at the cinema, didn't we? And that was, yeah. but there was only three of us in there.
0: Yeah. Mm. I mean, they okay, do that occasion. was
2: a marathon because it was about four yeah. hours long, wasn't
0: it? It's, yeah, uh, but I mean, I mean I'm mean, i pretty sure, I mean, they do have re-releases, like they, they did The Thing, didn't they? they, they the Thing came to the, the cinema, and, and Alien anniversaries, said. yeah. But, but I just think it would be good to have like, you Know, even though they're anniversaries, it'd be nice to have one of the screens because they got enough of them that could show you know an old 60s, 50s, 60s film or something. You know, something, yeah, I love those.
1: Films. No, yeah. not even with that, because one of the things Sandy was saying was that she was saying that there were a whole bunch of films that she missed, and I think that there were a couple of films that didn't get to be out for that long before the lockdown happened, so nobody really got to see them that much. And I okay, now I'm getting all the interviews that I've done mixed up in my head. So she might not have been the one who said this. Uh, I know that it's happened, definitely happened more than once. Did she mention Parasite? You guys, you guys have listened yes. to
0: yes, yes, she did. Yes.
1: Did she say she'd seen yes. it? She yeah. hadn't seen it.
0: She hadn't no, it seen. It. She, she had a brought...
2: list of about sort of ten or fifteen yeah. films yeah. that she, she
1: wanted to catch up on. Yeah, yeah, and I think Parasite is... that was one of them. Yeah, Parasite is one of those films that I think might make a comeback, and because that is three. I've done three interviews now where people have said I didn't get to see Parasite. Uh, like, uh, that something happened, I didn't get to see Parasite. And I think that that is the kind of film that I reckon you could bring back into cinemas. You could bring back into mm-hmm. cinemas, have an advert, have, an uh, have a, a, a campaign that says, don't, tell, don't let anybody tell you what it's about before you get to see it. <laughs> and you could pack them back <laughs> in. Because that's the thing I just keep saying. and I, I think I've probably said it to Sandy. I've said it to you. So Sandy recommended us to a friend, Patrick, who, who Sean and I interviewed last week. And Patrick's gonna be Pat, that interview is gonna be on next week's show, and it's like you should have seen Sean and Patrick. It was like two. It was like, oh wow, I just sort of kept quiet and let them play. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just, yeah, pr- pretty much. It was pretty much. There were bits. There were bits where where Patrick was like, oh, I can't believe you just said that. I was just about to say it, and then you said it. Oh, buddies. <laughs> 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 but, but that'll be next week. And, uh, and they talk about the fact that like you know they didn't get a chance to see that, and I think. That I actually I quite like the idea of bringing films back in, bringing films back in, but it has to be something that is a little bit of phenomenon, a bit like Parasite ended up being, or a bit like what they do with the Prince Charles Cinema in Leicester Square. Who someone has mentioned that it might have been Sandy who mentioned it. Sandy mentioned. It, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh good lord, I'm getting really confused as to, <laughs> and it's like and um. Yeah, and how they do that? Every now and then they'll show Die Hard, or they'll have a Sound of Music or Friday Evening, and it becomes about the experience about it.
2: Yeah, but, she said about sing-alongs and things, didn't she?
1: Yeah, they yeah. do a Sound of Music sing-along. I know that's been there since my uni days. So it's <laughs> and um, but what I would say, and one of one of the things that she says that I, I agree with is, we're looking at it now, and there's someone else who's who I might interview soon, who was texting me today talking about whether cinema is going to survive the pandemic and whether most a lot of cinemas are going to the same way like you know they're wondering whether airlines are going to survive the pandemic and all that and whether oil the oil companies are going to survive the pandemic <laughs> like <laughs> we, it's 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 it, i mean it's great for us because we're having like I, I, I put in i put fuel in my car for less than a pound for the first time yeah, in wow. God knows how many years ye- yesterday
2: it's been a decade isn't
1: it since that has been that price yeah and uh, but it's and he was and um he was talking about whether these things about what happens that whenever they come back, they might have to raise their game and they might have to actually make sure that what they're offering you is not just kind of like, you know, not just like, you know, the the chairman of View Cinema that we saw the other week who was like, well, who wants to watch James Bond on a 27 inch my back? It's like, no, you're going to have to give us something yeah. else. You're going to have to give us something that reminds us of why this is so great in the first place. You can't just say we've got a big screen. Because I think, like Sean, you point out, you can put a big screen in your living room now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so it's still not the same experience, so I don't think
1: it's not the same experience, but it's it's got to be something better than big screen. They need to do. I feel like they do have to up their game a little to show us something. Yeah, if that's and,
2: their selling point, hey, it's a big screen. Then you think,
1: yeah, yeah. Just,
2: but do what Sandy was saying. They have a home cinema. You can just get a projector and a. A blank wall and you're away if that's all you want you can make it as big as your wall is that's yeah. as big as your screen can be
1: and also and,
2: it's got it's more than that though isn't it
1: so. yeah and it's, it, and it's not just about going luxurious it's not just about going oh look how luxurious it is oh look how look how much the seats recline it's not just about that they need to do a little bit more to entice us back in like driving movies which was the idea that was stolen yeah. from us you mm. london drive <laughs> all right i think we're almost out of time i think we're almost out of time so sean i know that i know we've had some technical issues which means that you've been a little bit quieter than you usually are but yeah yeah but yeah go go fly say something say something <laughs> rant. <laughs> put me on the spot
0: what can well, I, I say let's just say rant yeah, about I'm something free. i'm
1: sure I'm there's free. going to be a rant <laughs>
0: there's got to be a rant isn't there? really i did start i did start a rant again um against um uh i did start on a little video but i've only got a little bit i only did a little bit the other day i was walking through some woods and um I thought well, I'm just gonna do war. Is it War for Planet of the Apes, Battle for Planet of the Apes, or was that Last Planet of the Apes one that I was going about? It there? was War oh, I don't know. War, it was War yeah, War for Planet of the Apes. Yeah, I know. That's so the Moses I was gonna to... say it, it, was, it was about Moses. Yeah, it was like, it was Moses. Rise,
1: it was Rise, Dawn, then War.
0: Yeah, yeah, war. Well, the war one. So I was I was walking along the woods going, I'm gonna tell you all about what I'm... so yeah. But you like my li- I see you posted my little seeds. That was quite good. What did you think of that, Sharon? What you they look you think of really the You're yeah. a passion
2: flower. I think yeah, Cash. yeah. I, I was a bit worried piece.
0: though. That's what I'm going to do. Piece. I'm going to go. I'm going to go down it, and I'm going to show you for the next one the geraniums and sweet
1: peas are just starting to go back this week.
0: Oh, my sweet peas are about
1: that high. Little little tiny ones. Okay, tiny, so yeah. little, tiny dudes. So yeah, the, this garden as well.
0: Now,
1: now what Sean is talking yeah. about is uh, is is what is becoming the sister show to Netflix and cinema, and that is Gardner Sean. <laughs> 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 In the greenhouse with gardener Sean, and yeah, yeah, so if you go into our Facebook page, and I think some of them are going up on Twitter as well, you will see that oh, you see Sean's Sean's budding career as a as a gardener. Sharon's just retired no, we'll as a gardener, and Sean is going to take up the baton.
2: Yeah. <laughs> taking over, yeah.
0: <laughs> nah, I don't think so. It's just a, it was just a little play, you know, just a little play for something to do, really. I've got to choose a spot for
2: my sweet piece. Mm.
0: And my lawns, my lawns are like, like bowling greens, they're lush. (laughs) Awesome.
1: (laughs) Send us the, send us the picture, Sean, you know where it's going. You You know where it's going. All right. So until, until the next time when I think, Sean, will you be back on the island by then or not? Probably. Oh, we're
2: still shut down to just like all locals only at the moment.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I know. I know they, they want me to go back to work. So
2: Oh do they? Um, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, said so, um, like people can move house now though, can't they? So
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I know they're uh, still
2: saying stay away, don't come if you wanna just have a day out. Don't.
0: Yeah. So I may I may do, but I think probably it'll be next month. So, All right, so cool. I'm have sort of more or less decided that I'm gonna stay away for because I, you know, otherwise it might be another lockdown yeah. yeah, yeah. There, yeah. sort of in a yeah. of weeks. So,
2: yeah,
0: yeah. So that's what I've Well I might said.
2: experiment next time with a home haircut so you'll see if I turn up. <laughs> um <laughs> I've I have i yeah. i have got my I've got my hairdresser's permission to do something about this.
1: Okay, so um, the, so, okay, the I, ring, the ring. Okay, so 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 if if we'll try and post the this, grudge. We'll, the grudge. That is the that, the grudge. Grudge. that is the grudge? That is the grudge. That is the grudge. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll try yeah. and post the picture of this. Uh, we'll try to post the video of this. Uh, where Sharon is describing what her hair looks like, and at the moment Sharon Natural is libre. yeah Sharon is doing a little bit of a a, a possible it's getting to cousin it levels. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think
2: it's like Joey Ramone, isn't it? A little bit.
1: Yeah, you get to the point where it, your, your hair is now, your fringe is now over your glasses. If I reckon, yeah. I reckon another two weeks and we will not see your nose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah.
2: So I, I spoke to my hairdresser today, and she said she gives me permission to have a go. Oh. Um, yeah. It's going to be nice. like an episode. She has given me a technique. Yeah, so She's giving me. A, she says try it this way, and then. Don't take too much off to start, so I'm not going to do this because yeah. um, that that never ends well. Uh, but I will um, have a go because uh, I'm getting to the point where I'm thinking, yeah.
1: Okay, okay. Now you see, now this is the fade, right? This is this is like botched. This is like the TV show botched. You're gonna <laughs> you're, you're gonna have a heck You're gonna have a haircut. I'm a hat. <laughs>
2: you're
1: gonna have a haircut. There's gonna be a scene where you walk in and you you speak to your hairdresser and you're like, oh yeah, I did this, and they're gonna be like, ooh. Ooh, well yeah let's go into the examination let's have a look at you well i'm not sure if we can fix it oh this this could be the end of my career if i don't make this work <laughs>
0: i think there's going to be a lot of yeah. a lot of hairdressing work going on because i'm sure there must be many people that have had a good old hack
1: they yeah, yeah there's going to be a lot of hairdressing work going on when you're allowed to touch people again <laughs> yeah whatever so that happens we
2: discussed this, so how can you socially distance cut someone's hair It'd be like having a pair of scissors on with one of those like wire things like you use to cut really tall trees.
1: Garden shears. Yeah, a,
2: okay. yeah like you have like... That that I won't be pretty.
1: <laughs> uh, someone's going to invent a haircutting robot. I bet you they probably yeah. already have that in Japan. But it'd be like
2: a pair of scissors this end and we have like a really long extension lead that operates the things that end, so you just do that. <laughs> and then they're just...
1: <laughs> it, it's going miles to be, away. <laughs> it's going to be interesting. Or or hairdresser might just sort of disappear as a profession because everybody starts doing it at home and everybody gets good at it. Well, who knows? Right, who right. I'm it. sure
2: you could modify one of those litter picker things, you know, with those litter picker mm. things. They've got really long arm with a bit of the, a pinchy bit. I'm sure you could modify that and do something with that.
0: They, They might have those big, like, full coverage like suits that only your hair comes That's out with so you just your hair yeah so in the chair you go in there and it's like it's like steam it's like steam cleaned every time a new client comes in and they open it up and go <laughs> and you like you like your hair flows out they cut your hair and then you go Kish-sh. and you'll sort of let out you know so you can have a steam bath at the same time <laughs> you know
1: Oh, <laughs> um, uh, there's an idea yeah, that that, I let someone that, there's me. an idea it's like um, if you if you remember the film Valerian and the City of a Thousand Planets there's a hat that's, there's a hat that Cara Delevingne wears in that which is exactly like that just covers the whole body just have the bit of the top of the head sticking out just like <laughs> yeah, yeah, touch yeah. that bit touch that bit disinfect the hair get out of here next person come through <laughs> <it. laughs> alright until the next time until the next time where we will be having an interview by Patrick Patrick Russell oh uh, Oh, good. I, I I really enjoyed this interview, Sean. I don't know what, what you thought about it. But... Oh, thanks. Thanks, those. Yeah, no, I did. I had a great Patrick time. Patrick Russell,
2: good. he sounds, that sounds a bit Irish, so I think he's got red hair, freckles, <laughs> and wears a green knitted jumper.
1: Okay, what do you think about Sandy? Ooh. Quick, Quickly, what do you think Sandy looks like?
2: I've got a friend I... who's called Sandy, so I think she's petite, with dark hair, um, quite pale skin, and um, it's like a pixie haircut. Okay, well,
1: first... I think... So we'll so post... I think yeah Sean. Yep, okay. Sean, quickly go for it. Sean, quickly a, go for it. A,
0: okay, okay. Um, yeah, because we we don't know Sandy. Do I? I think she's like strawberry blonde, got long hair,
1: quite tall. All right, cool. Until next week, where we'll find out where, how 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 badly you got that wrong. It's, uh, it's a good which, bye. One? which one? It's a good. It's a good <laughs> bye for, it's a goodbye from me.
2: It's a goodbye for me,
0: and uh, it's a goodbye from me. See you guys next week. Bye. See you later. Bye. <laughs>